0: Everybody. Welcome back to the TAMS Percussion Podcast. I'm Michael, and today we're joined with Brayden Baumgartner and Mason Hicks.
1: All right, round of applause. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Thanks, y'all.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's so good to get you guys on here. I know we've been talking for a while about doing something like this, so it's just been awesome to kind of finally get to see y'all and like like i said i've known Braden for a while like just via instagram so it's really cool to like see him face to face nowadays (laughs) and mason man i haven't seen you in a while we used to go to undergrad together and all that yeah it's been a it's been
1: a little bit nice to see you again.
0: yeah good to see you man so first and foremost who are you guys and what do you do um
1: you want to go first
0: yeah
2: sure why not um so my name is brayden baumgartner um I am currently a first-year master's student at IU right now, uh, Indiana University, Um, and I uh, am a percussionist. I marched uh, front on, I marched, I didn't march, but like I was in front ensemble for two years. I was contracted in 2020, um, RIP the 2020 year, um, and then was, (laughs) and then was uh, recontracted in 21 um, as Center Marimba.
0: Man, nice.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm Mason Hicks. I am
1: really a freelance drill designer in the Northern Virginia area. Um, I I write drill. I work with bands uh, on like the visual side of things. Um, I can do music. I have a degree in music education, but I generally tend to gravitate towards the visual side because that's what band directors need the most help with more often than not. Um, i marched cadets. Um, well, first, I marched Jersey Cirque 15, 16, and then I marched cadets 17, 18, 19, 20 in air quotes, and then 2021. 20, and now I'm on the visual staff at the cadets.
0: Man, awesome. Yeah, that was going to be my next whole question. How close well are you all's experience like marching? But you got that already. So good job. Check that one off. <laughs> <laughs> you said you both march in the cadets. How? For those of you who don't know, what are the cadets?
2: Well, uh, I mean, they're the most world-renowned Drum and Bugle Corps ever. Nah, it's a, what is it, I think they, like, refer to it as, like, a youth arts activity or something like that, like, organization. Um, but, I mean, it's just a world-class DCI uh, Drum and Bugle Corps that, like, you just kind of go on audition for is, like, most, I'm assuming most of the people who, like, watch your podcast kind of know what DCI is a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. This guy yeah. all the places, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so how did you all get your start in the marching arts? Like, what kind of led you to eventually want to march in a world-class corps like the cadets?
1: Well, um, I
0: obviously got
1: my start in high school, as most people do. Um, I think 2013 was my freshman year of marching band, and... Um, I didn't like know what drum corps was when I like started out and I didn't like figure figure out what it was until like my sophomore year. So one time my band director, it was raining outside, so we couldn't rehearse um obviously because rain. So what we did was we we stayed inside and we sat down in the auditorium and he just set up a projector and played some um I think it was like Cavaliers 06 and 07. I, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Let me, uh, when I go home, I'm like, oh, let me look up some YouTube videos on what this is all about. Eventually, I like became obsessed as everyone does. Um, and I went to my parents. I was like, hey, I heard about this thing called drum corps. And little did I know, but my parents are massive drum corps fans. They're just band nerds. Um, and so they're like, all right, we're signing you up. So that was like, I started Uh, The summer after my sophomore year of high school is when I started marching at Jersey Surf, the ripe old age of 16 years old. And then obviously became kind of obsessed and continued marching for um, six and a half years. And here I am now, still involved in the activity, just on the other side of things.
2: Yeah, my my start was a little was a little different in terms of like dci i also got started by like we had like a middle school marching band or whatever um in in uh what is it what i like called it's like bumsville nowhere kansas um just in the middle of nowhere um now yeah we had a little middle school marching band um and that's kind of how i got my start a little bit and like i didn't even get introduced to dci until like 2013 as well and it was i was in a lesson and uh, I think we just got like done doing what we were doing and just kind of have kind of, talking around me and my lesson teacher. And uh, he was like, he's like, have you seen the new like Vic Firth video that they put out or whatever of like the cadets? It's ironically, my first introduction to drum corps was the cadets. Um, and he like pulled up the video and is like their side by side show. And it's like the uh, it's the section, I can't remember what movement it is, where it's like, like there's a video that's like titled on YouTube. It's like cadets show you how to break a stick, and it's just like the and just like I full love 15 that video, inch. dude. Yeah, like full 15 inch, like full extension of the arm, and like he showed me that Vic Firth clip. It was like the Learn the Music video or whatever, and I was like hooked instantly. And then like started watching Cavaliers 2013, Um and then just that's kind of how I got my start into DCI a little. But I actually never marched and tell like i never even thought about auditioning until 2020 i always kind of dabbled around the uh i'm not good enough i'll wait till next year little thing that a lot of people get themselves stuck into it's just like uh, oh i haven't quite gotten my chops yet i'm gonna wait another year like build it up and then i'll for sure go make a top 12 group um and i actually was gonna audition for mandarin's on their snare line um So I actually, my first, when I first did front ensemble was my first year of core. I actually marched snare for like nine years prior to that. Um, And so I was like, I feel like that's the proper instrument. And so I was going to go audition for Mandy's um, and then like just through some like flight cancellations and stuff like that, we ended up not being able to. Um, And I was just griping and complaining to my percussion director over at K-State. And um, he was like, how are your front ensemble chops? And I was like, well, I mean, I can practice and try and get them up. I was like, I've never been in a front ensemble before. And he emailed the front ensemble coordinator over at the cadets and we got a conversation started. And that's how I got my start into uh, into the activity. And I mean, I really wish I could put more years into it two years I guess one and a half years was not nearly enough I really wanted to do a lot more to it with it um to try and stay a little bit more connected because I I mean teach on the side and everything like that and so I'm still very much in the activity but like I wish I could have spent more years marching and doing doing that side of that definitely felt like I didn't get enough of it
3: so I'm a front ensemble person and I just want to say you really you never we're in front ensemble, and you were center marimba? No, that's yeah. Crazy. That's so, crazy. So the
2: marimba is definitely, like, my favorite instrument to practice. Like, that's kind of, like, that's what I want to do. And, like, I want to – I obviously kind of want to be a collegiate professor eventually, but, like, I definitely want to be, like, kind of, like, known for being a marimbist. And so I just – I mean, I w- I had some chops, but I'd never had, like, the technical just, like – ramming and like really high mallet high kind of like chops and stuff like that and so that was completely brand new to me when I went to the first callback camp
3: that's that's really cool and extremely impressive um yeah uh I I have a question for both of you so I'm I don't know either of you obviously so I just want to give you a little bit of background um I'm originally from Texas uh and so you know down there marching band is like huge and so I had a lot of people that did drum corps and I mean we were all super interested in drum corps and so I've heard a variety of experiences and I was wondering if both of you could just give us your overall experience in corps.
1: Uh Yeah so I mean obviously um, for myself personally to spend six and a half years doing drum corps I had a good time um, <laughs> obviously as with anything in like a stressful environment such as drum corps you're going to have your ups and downs but it's it's one of those things that you always just want to come back for more the the nice part about drum corps is that everyone's there for the same reason like it's not like your your typical like your high school marching band or your college marching band there's a lot of people there who are just there to have a good time they're just they're like oh it's this something to do with my spare time just hang out with some friends and you know just vibe. But drum corps we're all there we're all on the same page and we're all working towards a common goal. And it it's just that camaraderie of these people who you've never met before and it's like oh now we're all living together for three months all 165 of us and we're all gunning it trying to like just do the best we can and be better than our previous selves. And it's that self betterment aspect of it. That's like, it's so addictive.
2: There's always something you can improve on. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, Cause I feel about the exact same way. Um, I mean, it definitely is like, it's a high, like when you, when you March and like when you have that like high level of, like expertise in like your field and like what you're doing like that's definitely something that you don't get on a daily basis and especially with everyone else like you had said everyone else around you who's of the same level and like everyone like I remember like there everyone's heard stories but like I remember falling asleep on the bus and the cadet snare line is still ramming out stuff at 2 a.m like still just padding away like and everyone takes every ounce of their time to like get better and it's yeah, I mean my experience was was really great. Like being my first DCI experience and not really not not really knowing like what was in store for me when I went there. I mean, I I definitely agree with Mason. It was a great time.
3: That's awesome. Um and kind of going off of that, what is your favorite memory from all of the years that both of you marched um or maybe speaking on like that feeling you had the first time you went to finals or like any of that sort of stuff.
2: I think one of my like favorite memories is um, I, I showed the front ensemble, um, I showed the front ensemble this game that like someone when I was teching at a high school like showed me or whatever. And it's this super goofy game, but like long story short, like you would like take your hands and like everyone has like done this at like one given point in time or whatever and like so the whole point of the game is to like do this without them seeing you doing that and you have to lay down wherever you're at like you just lay down and then you get back up but like the whole point's like to be sneaky or whatever so like we would like send snapchats of that to each other like in the middle of like a block or something like that and like you would just see people like if, like, they're working with the vibes, you'd see, like, one of the marimbas, like, open up their phone, lay down, and then get back up. And so periodically we'd have people just kind of drop in a little bit during sectionals. Um, yeah. And then we also had this, like, running joke. Like, our team's chat, I don't know if you remember this, Mason, but, like, when they were talking about, like, the the honey badger or, like, the possum or whatever, and they, like, oh copy-pasted, <laughs> they copy-pasted the same message for each one. It's It was always, like... It's like potentially rabid honey badger in the area. Stay away, do not pet or whatever. And it was yes. just the most like stereotypical like message. And that just kind of became a running joke around the core a little bit. And like we were like joking around with our like front ensemble tech because we were uh we were rehearsing and we saw it like cross the back or whatever through like one of the windows. And one of our uh one of our front ensemble techs like freaked out because it was huge. This honey badger was like it was about the size of like an average dog. Like it was pretty. It was pretty terrifying. And like he's like we were joking. It's like Garrett, when are you gonna go out and fight the honey badger? It's like you're gonna go scrap with <laughs> scrap with it. Like you're gonna go throw down with that. And so it just kind of became a running joke on like when Garrett was gonna go fight the honey badger or whatever it was.
1: Uh, I love that. Run Ensemble is a different breed. We yeah. are. <laughs> we very much are. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, I I just realized I never mentioned. It. I realize this is like a percussion centered podcast. I'm a brass person. I uh, I play baritone um, in drum corps uh, sometimes euphonium, um, but yeah, I I just thought I should mention that. Anyway, my favorite memory. Um, this is, it is very hard for me to choose a favorite memory, and every time someone asks me the question, I give a different answer, um, just because there's so many, um, but. Right now, what came to mind is um if if you know the cadets, you know that at shows we have a certain reputation for being very, very serious, like very like stone faced like very focused on what we are doing and not really like if if you like if you go up to a cadet at a show and it's before they perform, they're gonna like. You say hi they're gonna like give you a polite nod and keep walking like they, we're, we're very much in the zone but what you don't see is what happens before we get off the bus and so i like we we, we call it rocking the bus um and it's it's specifically a brass bus tradition um we put on just the absolute most hype music that you can think of. Like, sometimes it's metal, sometimes it's some kind of hip hop, So like it's, it's something different every time, but we're all just like climbing onto the ceiling and screaming and like shaking the bus back and forth. And sometimes you can see it from the outside, the bus just going back and forth, side to side. And then we get off the bus and we're just totally serious as if none of that had even happened. It's, it's a very, it's a very interesting time and it's so like, we'll be drinking like energy drinks and stuff to get hyped and like some, every year there's like a couple of players who dry scoop pre-workout before they, <laughs> before they step off the bus. Yeah. It's, it's a good time all around. You got to get hyped for the show and then you get off the bus,
2: stone cold, no emotions. Oh man, dude, that is wild. I never realized you guys did that. Right, <laughs> we had this like, we had this like really funny story that our like one of our vibe players would like tell us, and it was like called Boy Girl or was it Boy Jeff Girl Jeff or whatever. <laughs> and like, it was this big elaborate story or whatever that like each time he told it, it kept getting longer and longer and longer till like I think finals night, like, it had to have been something close to like six to seven to like almost 10 minutes long like he just kept telling the story but like it's essentially like they're going on this date or whatever and like girl jeff looks at boy jeff and it's just like do you love me forever and like boy jeff says like no or whatever and like like she then dies in like this super horrific like most of the time like gruesome method and then like boy jeff will walk over to like girl jeff's like dead body and would be like i don't love you forever I love you five ever. And then that would be that would be the end of the story, like before each show. And it like, you would change it up every single time and like get more and more elaborate with it. And it was, we always look forward to it because it was like, we would just kind of gather in this like circle and like everyone would like get into it too. We'd be like, oh man. Like, and we'd like react to the story and stuff. It's just like, no, like girl Jeff, no. Like get like super into it. <laughs> I think the color guard had like the weirdest we, like, we oh, were yeah. on the color guard bus, and they just had, that's, uh, like, that's, like, the time, like, when we were on the color guard bus, where, like, the one time I was standing with my friend, and we looked at each other, and we're, like, what is happening right now? Like, there is so much, and it's incredibly overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Mm. I spent a year on the color guard bus. They're wild. They are crazy people. They are very, very interesting. They're cool.
3: That's really funny. I love hearing these stories. It's very, very interesting. Um, the thing about rocking the bus—that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that's that's really cool. Um, so I kind of want to switch gears here completely. Um, and I have a question. So, doing something for a couple months, really just like mastering your craft and getting so good at something, obviously makes you a better musician um and really good at what you do and now for both of you being on the teaching side of things and taking this information that you've gained from all of this experience and teaching it i'm just curious about how it's been for you trying to teach because i'm assuming well obviously that you're working with high schools um doing visual things doing you know teching and stuff like that and you know with high schools you you expect um, excellence, like you want to push them to be great and you want to push them to do their best, but high schoolers have so much going on in their lives with school, homework, um, you know, and like marching band isn't the only thing they do all day for a couple of months. So how do you find yourself trying to push them to be the best they can, but also without being too overwhelming?
2: I think like the most important thing to remember with that is just teaching with empathy. Like I'm really a big proponent for this um, in terms of just like how you approach teaching. Because like you come off of this like amazing experience of DCI and like immediately you just want everyone else to have this like experience as well. Like you want everyone else to experience that level of excellence. And I think the one thing I had to come to terms with is just like it's not everything's going to be that way. It's like not everything is going to need that level of dedication and that level of like you can certainly strive for that and you can like you can definitely get there. There's these groups in like Texas and Indiana, California um, that are just like really like next level groups um, that can achieve that and it's possible. But I mean, it is tasking and it is hard. Um, so like one of the things that I always have to remind myself is that they're high schoolers. They've been playing for maybe five, six years less than me. And so they, I shouldn't expect them to be at that same level that I just got to. And so that's kind of like, I always try and like set up my students to start their journey where mine like ended. Like I want to give them that amount of like resources to be able to do that. And so just like reminding yourself that like, like you had said, they have like 50 other different things that like are going on and stuff. And like, they're, they're still like, fundamentally, they're still developing as like humans. And so like, they still have a lot of like things going on. And so just like remembering that like, to be like empathetic as you teach and like understanding that they may not like, understand the, the concepts that you're like giving them the same way that you understand those concepts. Um But then also showing them that like, hey, like this is like, you can get to this next, this level right here. Like this is a very real possibility. But, like, I can give you the, the like, pointers for this, and I can tell you how to do it, but at the end of the day, it's going to take you to, like, take that next step and to be that kind of player, because I can't do that for you. I can stand here, and, like, I can tell you that, like, hey, you're missing notes, or, hey, your technique's bad, or, like, obviously would do it a little bit better than that, but... Like, I can sit there and, like, tell you all these different kinds of things about, like, how you're playing and, like, how you approach things. But, like, at the end of the day, it's up to you to make that decision to, like, apply those and do that. Like, I can't do that for you. Um, Yeah, so, like, I think that's kind of, like, one big thing that I look for, like, when I'm definitely teaching is just, like, having that level of understanding. And I think, like, even just having that mentally and still teaching with that, like, same approach, like, you will – be astonished at like how that changes your teaching even if you didn't change anything about your fundamentals and like how you approach stuff just simply sitting there and saying to yourself like they're high schoolers there, 13 14 15 16 years old right now I'm like I'm sitting here 22 23 24 and like I obviously have way more experience than they do and so like that will automatically go into your teaching and you will start to adapt your approach a lot more to be able to like have those moments where like they can have those light bulb moments as you're teaching that makes things easier and that gets them to that next level yeah I definitely agree there with teaching with empathy
1: it's a lot of teachers sometimes forget that it's it's about the students the students are the primary focus and it's not like how we feel about it is irrelevant that's it's about the students. Um, And the biggest thing I have from like an instructional standpoint, biggest thing I've learned about that going from literally like teaching the cadets one day and then teaching a high school band on day one of their band camp the next day is it's extremely important that you need to pick your battles. It's You need to be focused on student-centered, focus on what they can achieve in like the the time span of this rehearsal. What can these students achieve right now? Focus on that. Don't focus on what you want them to achieve by the end of the season. Take it step-by-step and be okay with things not being good. (laughs) Because it's high school, things are not gonna be good. And uh, there's, there's some times where You just need to be okay with this not being at the level because it's high school. These are high school students. Marching band is not the biggest thing in their life. They, this is not the most important thing. I, there's, there's one student at a school I work with who um, I've been working with this school for three years. I've had this student for three years and they have not been able to get their feet in time. Their feet are slow. Their feet are always slow. I tell them that every day. I say, hey, your feet are slow they're like, okay. And the feet continue to be slow as they have been for three years. And at a certain point, I'm like, okay, that's the way this is going to be. And we just have to be okay with that. (laughs) It's high school where I just want to give the kids a good experience is, is the the biggest thing.
2: Yeah, that's, sorry, I would definitely want to piggyback on that again. That's something that I definitely like tell my students a lot is just like, don't ever ever forget to just have fun like remember why you're here and like why you're doing it like from my like I tell my students all the time it's like hey we just hit things with pieces of wood like we just hit wood with some more wood or like metal sometimes with wood it's like it's like at a bare bones science like what we're doing is so primal and like it really is just like the whole like caveman drumming thing it's like don't get too worked up about that like you can obviously sit there and just drill yourself for day in and like day in and day out and just like bring yourself down it's like but just have fun like have fun with it and you would be amazed at like what comes out of that
3: yeah absolutely I feel like being for me being around a lot of drum corps people and seeing the variety of teaching and when I see those people that just get so upset because a high schooler can't achieve the level of somebody in drum corps it kind of makes me sad sometimes because it's like For me, coming from such an intense program and a state where music is super intense and getting to experience the like, we have to be great all the time and not getting to experience fun things. It makes me sad because for me as a teacher, like my goals, like I want my students to have fun. Like you can be good at something and it's fun to be good, but you can also have fun in the process of trying to be good at something. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's Mm -hmm. super important.
1: Yeah, and a lot of times it's it's interesting when um, a lot of times I tell band directors to be wary of hiring someone for, to work with their marching band just because they've marched drum corps, because a lot of times those people are, a, a lot of drum corps people are like very well suited to teaching, they're very well cut out for it, a lot of times that's not the case. They want this marching band to be like the corps that they marched, and that's just not going to happen. Um, And so a lot of like drum corps background instructors forget sometimes where they came from. Like these students could very well be like go on to like win a ring at DCI finals, even if they don't look like it now. I was absolute hot garbage when I started in marching band. I was not good. but that's okay because we all have to start somewhere. And these kids are starting like they are one or two years in. These are not natural things that you can just come in and be able to do. (laughs) Like you have to start somewhere and you have to work day by day, fix what you can and just doing that every day. will will get them where they need to go.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you mentioning how like you know a lot of drum corps people are you know great suited for teaching and some aren't. Yeah, that's also very interesting because I feel like um, when it comes to like hiring processes and like doing things for marching band, a lot of times it's like, oh, they did drum corps, okay, put them on staff. And it's I I find that interesting because it's like you can be a great performer, but that doesn't mean you're a great teacher. So yeah. It's very interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's really cool. Um, Yeah, so just to keep things going here for a little bit, Sue lynns here with us today for our audio listeners. Su-Lynn's not feeling too well, so she asked me to ask a few questions for her. And one thing she really wanted to know about everything, is there any kind of, we've talked a lot about really many positive things in drum corps and marching arts in general. Are there any kind of negative things you've seen in the arts or anything you'd wanna possibly improve in the future?
1: Biggest thing for me is um, the the financial aspect behind Drum Corps. It's, it, so when I first started marching, um, my very first year at Jersey Surf, it cost me, the tour fees were like 3,200 um and that that was like okay it's a hefty chunk of change but it's like it it, it's it's worth it every single year since then the fees have gone up and that's just the nature of the activity it's it's just more expensive it gets more expensive every year and a lot of people don't know this but um they they think that like tour fees are good going up and that covers what goes into running a drum corps it really doesn't actual tour fees that the members pay only cover about like less than a third of what a drum corps spends over a summer um and that's every drum corps is always working to get that tour fee number down any way that they can that's like fundraising efforts every corps has their own things Some course use bingo halls other corps Have fundraising events and alumni donors and stuff like that and it's there's just the financial side of things is such a difficult thing to navigate and it's really just it would be very nice to see tour fees go back down (laughs) because right now um I don't know how much I think it was like Mm 5,500 this past season which is like that's over 2000 more than i spent my first year and it's just like at a certain point it's be- going to become unaffordable and we're going to i drunker would probably go back to regional touring at that point to make things less expensive but i would like to see that not happen but if it needs to happen it needs to happen i like i'd rather see the drum core activity survive and thrive and have people be able to do it
2: yeah i def- definitely agree with that as well i think that's the besides obviously like the issues that have arisen through multiple like different cores and stuff that like are made aware throughout the activity like death i definitely think the financial aspect of things is definitely one the biggest problem that doesn't get a lot of attention. Cause like, yeah, it was like 5,500 for him. It was 5,000 for me when I marked, which when we marched in 21 and like, I was able to get that money, but like right now trying to pay for a master's degree and like uh trying to live up here, I could kill for that 5,000 right now. I would love to have that back right now. And not like saying that I regret my experience by any stretch of the imagination. I'm very happy that I did all of everything that I did Um, and it was very much money well spent. Um, but it would definitely would have been nice to have that 5k around here. Um, and then like something else that like, doesn't really go talked about a lot. Um, and it could be beneficial to you, or it can be very negative to you. Like I've seen people on both aspects of it. Um, I've seen people get screwed over by this and not is just like the connection aspect of like the core. I don't think a lot of people realize like. If you're like really connected and you like go the path like you will you could very well go from an open class core to like blue devils in like three years like you can very much like climb that ladder very fast by just the cores that you choose to march and like the people that you choose to get in contact with which like isn't bad but then I've had like I had a friend that was supposed to go march at blue Knights um in I think it was like twenty nineteen or whatever um and he was telling me, um, that at the audition, like it was very obvious that he was a better player than the guy that he was going up against. Like he was telling me that the guy next to him was just ticking constantly and just wasn't able to stay with it. Um, but at the end of the day, he was the one that got contracted because of a prior connection that he had from an indoor group. And they're like, Oh, we know you like, like we know you and so we want you on here because we've you've marched you before and so i feel like there's a lot of really great performers out there and really great musicians that don't get the chance to march because um because they like uh they just don't have those connections or even like age out it's like 2020 was going to be my age out year and i was straight up told in like my like little one-on-one interview they were like yeah like because you're an age out, we weren't going to contract you. Um, but because you showed up prepared and like, you had a great vibe and everything, like we wanted to have you on here. And like one of our old texts, like also didn't get contracted at like BD because BD doesn't take age outs apparently, supposedly. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, I've heard that from like a couple different people. So like, it's, it's making me think that potentially it's like true but I don't know the validity behind that statement so I wouldn't like roll with that one but like yeah it's there's a lot of like people that aren't able to go and march court who like are very much capable of it because of the fact that like it's it's a little biased sometimes the audition process can definitely be a little bit biased towards like certain individuals and stuff and so I definitely think like having a more like not like going to like orchestral style, like audition, blind audition type thing, but like finding a way to make it less biased towards like certain kind of individuals and stuff. Because not not everybody, back to the financial aspect, not everybody has enough money to go march like gold and then go to another SoCal group. Like whether they like, I've seen people go from Gold Street to SCV or like go all the way to like do like Blue Devil CB and then A um and like take that route like not everyone's got that kind of money to do that nor the resources to do that every summer and so that definitely like hurts chances for some other people
3: yeah absolutely um it is one of those things that's like it's not what you know it's who you know you know uh, I've also heard stuff about that which is just like really sad but <laughs> um so I and yeah, so Lynn, I was going that route. Um. So I on the topic of like financial, do you have any advice for somebody that wants to to get involved in drum corps, but they don't have the money? Um. Like, I I was interested in drum corps. I never got to do it because I personally never had the money to do it. Um. And so, I mean, young me didn't think of like the things that I could do to try to change that, but if you have any advice for anybody in that position, that would be great.
1: Um, Yeah, so I would say the biggest thing um, you could do to like um, get into drum corps is just go to a camp. Like a lot of times, um, this is one of the biggest things is a lot of times people don't end up marching drum corps even though they wanted to just because they're afraid to just go to a rehearsal camp, an audition camp. And it's, you don't know where you stand until you stand there. <laughs> and it, it's, you, you just need to go and experience it and just be there a, among those people to know what it's like and know how the instructors want you to do and what like what you need to improve on because all every drum corps instructor wants you to succeed like no one like no one likes seeing like someone fail because it's not like a fun thing you just don't want that to happen but if if you go to a camp and you like try your hardest and do what they tell you to do, they will give you everything you need to come back to the next camp or two camps from now, two camps from then or the next year. And they will, they will tell you, this is what you need to do step-by-step to make it into this drum corps. They, They will set you up for success. And I, I know even me personally, I still have, um, there are members who like, got cut from the horn line in uh 2022 um and still like like for for visual reasons like their marching wasn't up to stuff for the choreography or something like that their posture wasn't great and they still they send me messages on like facebook messenger and they're like hey what like how can i set myself up for success in the first audition camp for this season and i'm like i I will text back, I will give them the information they need. I'll give them resources. I I would, I, I send them videos of like, hey, here's some choreography stuff for you to work on. Here's like exercises for you to do, to work on, to build up the skills that we wanna see at the audition camp. And it's instructors want you to succeed. So just go to a camp
2: and then you'll know what you need to do. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, agree to that like a lot like it's just get to like the camp and like you just and even if like even if you don't make it like don't stop trying like I've had a lot of friends who have like gotten cut from one group and like will go out and email different directors at different groups and will then all of a sudden have a contract for another group like to go march over there like maybe not it's maybe not a top 12 world group like they wanted but a group's a group, like each group needs its own, like needs its members. And each group has its like moment. It's it's significant moments. Like I know some friends that are like diehard Colts um, marchers, like they march Colts for like four or five years and they never wanted to move up. They never wanted to go do anything different. Um, and like, I've known people who like are diehard loyal to some open class cores. Like each core has its own experience and it's like, you're not going to like sometimes even the top 12 cores will give you not as good of an experience as you were maybe wanting. and some of those open class cores like definitely will give you a great experience. Like and it's definitely it's memories and you're getting better regardless of like where you go. And so like I'd say like stop searching for cores by name, like by who you want to march with, like, I want to go march. I want to go march the Cavaliers. I want to go march the Blue Coats. I want to go march Santa Clara. Like, I want to go do that. And I think just change your mindset to, I just want to go march. Like, I just want to march DCI. Like, I just want to be in this activity and this, like, this environment. And so, like, just go and just do something. Like, whether it's, like, a Class A, like, sport, like, a, what is it? Sound sport group. Or, like, I think one of them, top of them has like, Compass from texas i think they folded though which is unfortunate (laughs) but like go find like a sound sport um and do that or like an open class group or like maybe you get a one shot and like you get right into like a top 12 group but just at least try um and i think like someone asked something about like the financial aspect of it like there are definitely there are a lot there are some scholarships there are a lot of scholarships that you can apply for and stuff um i definitely don't feel like there's enough because i mean you're talking like tens of thousands of people marching and so like and everybody's gunning for the same scholarships and so like it's really like it's really difficult to get some of those scholarships sometimes and so I know a lot of people like set up GoFundMes and like I knew someone who did like a cinnamon roll fundraiser like made a crap ton of cinnamon rolls and sell them all sold them all um and raised money that way like I know people who like sold t-shirts and stuff like that um, so there's like a lot of really creative ways to like save money. Um, and also I know the cadets did this. Um, I can't speak for every core on this one, but the cadets had a payment plan where it was like, it made it a little bit easier to, to fork over the 5,000. Um, when it was like within like a hundred dollar chunks here and there, um, that you could spend like as that money came in. And so it's definitely, Like, people plan their, I found this out um, almost immediately when I started marching, is people will plan the seasons that they march. It's like, I'm going to march this year, this year, this year, because I'm going to take these years to save up for those, and then I'm going to have my internship this year, and then I'm going to march my last year, and then I'm going to go off to college, or I'm going to go off to get my master's, or I'm going to go teach, or whatever it is. And so, like they, like, a lot of these people have, like, these thorough, like, plans on how they do it, um but i mean unfortunately not everyone can do that and so there are there are methods to like be able to save money but i think it just kind of comes back to the whole financial aspect of it is that it's just really hard and it definitely you will definitely have to sacrifice if you if you really want to do it and that's it's unfortunate that it is that way that it's not that able like you're not as able to be a part of that activity as i feel like you probably should Uh, I want to say one more thing um, about the, um,
1: like, getting into drum corps. Definitely, yeah, don't be afraid to start small. I love what Braden was talking about there. Um, Because, obviously, I said I I marched two years at Jersey Surf, 2015 and 2016. That experience was awesome. Like, I I was of the mind where I was going to march surf for all six of my years. That was my plan. Like I was, I was going to march surf from 15 all the way to 2020. And so uh, what made me leave wasn't the culture or the core or anything of that nature. I loved it there. It was an amazing place. And like, I, I like what, what made me leave was I, I didn't feel challenged enough was the only thing. And that's just me i i just kind of outgrew the um the demands that there was there and it it got when when i got to the end of the 2016 season i realized i was like none of the staff really ever like gave me corrections or like told me things to fix because they had bigger problems to worry about they had other members who were newer who like were struggling more than i was and just cuz i had a year under my belt to pick those things up And so I I was like, okay, well, if I want to grow in this activity and if I want to be more challenged and like, just keep my head in the game, I need to move up. And so then I did, but if, if I had been like, if I was okay with just like being there, vibing, doing my job and like, didn't need to feel that challenge then I totally would have stayed at surf because the experience was just great. Also at the smaller cores you like you can watch shows after you perform (laughs) like that that was honestly one of the one of the fun parts about marching surf was that like we do our show we get up like we go change out of the uniform put your horn away and then you can go back into the stadium and watch the last couple of cores at cadets we can't do that like by the time we're out of the uniform the show's over and and it's it's just kind of unfortunate like i haven't before this past season, I hadn't seen a drum corps show live since like there was like one time I got in the stadium like for like the second half of the last corps that was on uh, in twenty eighteen. It was like well, yeah. So it's it's definitely don't sleep on the on the smaller corps. It's still an amazing experience and it's still the drum corps experience.
3: Yeah. Um so kind of talking about this going in another completely different route this age group that we have like 16 to 21 right um how do y'all or what do y'all think about the idea of like 16 year olds spending like an entire summer with like 21 year olds and like obviously there have been things that have come out in recently about things happening on tour and um stuff like that and for me personally i think there is something fundamentally weird about like a 16 year old being able to like be away all summer from their family or adult supervision and they're spending time with people that are like 21 so i was just curious about your opinions on that
1: yeah I I have kind of a unique perspective on this because I've that like that realization has been kind of a recent development in like the drum corps scene and so I marched before during and after that whole like realization so uh like when I first started marching as a minor there were a lot of protections for minors I mean obviously like Jersey surf was always very good about like that kind of stuff. Like if you like ask, if you go to the the staff, the admin staff, the core director for help, they will help you. Um, I know that hasn't always been the case for every drum corps. And that's a lot of the problems that we've been uncovering and solving in the recent years. And so like the first, like where we, where we started as a drum corps community, where we started to like actively like acknowledge and make changes about those policies was 2018 and that's when like uh specifically at the cadets they instituted a lot of like protections for minors and specific like strategies in order to protect minors and in order to keep them safe and keep like an eye on minors and like just make sure that everything is fine and, and everyone has a good experience and feels safe. Um, uh, okay, so the minors, uh in the drum corps will all, because obviously we're all on buses all summer. So it's kind of hard to like <laughs> deal with that. They have all the miners in one section on one bus and they have, um, a lot of cores will have a member of like the admin staff on that section of that bus with the minors just to keep keep an eye on them. Um, for especially young members, like we had one member in the core this past year who was 14 years old. Um, his parents were with him the entire summer. It was a requirement. It was like, hey, we we think you have what it takes. He, he was an alternate, but he did get in some shows. Um, we said, we we think you have what it takes to be an alternate. We want to see you here. We want to see you grow here. Um, but in order for us to feel safe about having you with us, we need your parents to be here. And so they did. And uh, their parents volunteered on the food truck. They volunteered, like, just helped out around the drum corps. And they were there for that student the whole summer, which was, I thought, a very good policy to have. Um And also, a lot of times, like, we we very heavily encourage, like, minors' parents to come and volunteer and be with their kid um, on tour. But yeah, it's it's definitely, having been through, like, the whole changing culture around that issue, um, things are far, far better, and I, like, because I know the cadets have been the topic of these discussions in the past. I would say the cadets are one of the safest drum corps that you could ever march at now at this point because of the, um, when we had our whole thing in 2018, the the DCI itself put us, um, they, what was it called? It was like probation or something. And they had like a, like a probation officer who would check up on us and be like, hey, are you following these policies? And we never had an issue with that because we took it seriously. And it like, because we took it seriously, now this is one of the safest places that you could ever march. Um, and like I've seen that and I've heard that from other drum corps. And there have been other drum corps who have had the same issues and didn't take them seriously. And then like, Pioneer for example. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Pioneer. They had the same issues we did but they're like their core director didn't step down. They didn't acknowledge like that there was an issue and like they refused to make the changes that DCI wanted them to make and now they're not here anymore which is um, I, I would have liked to see Pioneer stick around but their core director was too hard-headed to let go and allow the core to make the changes that needed to be made but it had to happen um same thing with uh speed of atlanta this past season they like refused to acknowledge that there was an issue and so they couldn't feel the core last season i think they're coming back this this next season so hopefully Yeah, yeah hopefully they'll have made some changes and have um do a little better uh this season with uh, how all that turned out. But yeah, every core has its own policies, some policies better than others. Um, I would say cadets are have some of the best, safest policies out of any core around because we've been through it.
2: <laughs> um, I, def- yeah. I, I definitely think there's also like, like there's also like inner core like eyes as well. Like I know like with the front ensemble, like we had some like minors in our section Um, and I think they had a minor in this past section as well, and, like, the members also, like, looked out for them as well, and made sure that they, like, everything was going okay for them, and that, like, like, it's very much, like, it is that family environment where it's, like, everyone takes care of the people that, like, need it the most, so, like, whether, like, uh, whether or not they actually need it, like, we just look after each other and make sure everyone's doing okay, and so, like, even, like, when the staff isn't able to always keep their eyes on it, um, like, members are typically also on top of it, and they're like, hey, like, you probably shouldn't be getting into this situation, or, like, I don't think this is in your best interest. Like, I think, like, we've even had moments where, like, what we were about to do, like, with the truck, like, could potentially, like, hurt somebody. I think we are just in a weird lot site or whatever, and, like, I think we even, like, kicked the minor off of truck loading duty at that time or whatever, and, like, we just put someone else on there so that, like, we'd make sure that they were, like, okay. And so like you, there's a lot of, there's like definitely a lot of protocols everywhere. Um, And the unfortunate thing is that like, even with all those protocols, like things still happen, which is really quite unfortunate. And like, there's, I want to I so desperately want to say everyone's doing everything that they can to do it and to like stop this kind of activity but I mean bad people exist everywhere, and it's just kind of it's very unfortunate that it continues to happen, but I definitely agree like at the time that like, they were very much like like they had their uh like the miners had their own shower time like they had like this block of like 45 I think of like something like that to like not maybe not 45 maybe it was a little bit less but they had their own little block to like shower or whatever and like they would have people standing outside the bathroom doors like they would they were very like much like you do not go near this area like when it's during this time like you will stay away from the from these people until it is your time to go in and I think they even had it like separated well of course they had a separated by gender but yeah they were very on top of like like the protocols over at the cadets and so I definitely agree that it was a very safe environment over there
3: yeah um and kind of going a little bit further on this topic uh what is your opinion because I can absolutely see this happening I don't know if it ever will but like having drum corps being separated by age groups instead of like it all being incorporated into one because I feel like with the amount of stories that had been coming out in the like recent years like I could absolutely see it going to like a okay chorus for this age group and then chorus for this age group and what is your opinions on that? I definitely
2: like I'm kind of a, I definitely could be on board for that. I know that like groups like shadow in a uh, Wisconsin are like a high school group. Like that is a core that is meant for high schoolers um, to go and get their first, I've had a couple friends go and March shadow um, to get their start into a into, uh, DCI and like they're phenomenal musicians. And so like, there are definitely groups out there that are geared towards high school musicians and stuff. And I definitely like, I definitely think that would, help a lot to have like some of the more like like maybe like some blend of like open and world class groups that are like made for like those ages and stuff and maybe like even have them compete in their own category or whatever like there's probably a lot that would go into that that would be a logistical nightmare probably for dci but honestly like i think that would be a very beneficial thing for the activity and i think for the long run you would see like a lot of these cases diminish. I think if we had more of that, and we would probably it. I wouldn't say it would completely snuff it, but I feel like it would definitely make it extremely difficult for situations like that to happen again.
1: Yeah, I I definitely see the uh, the, the the trends. Um, I feel like we're heading in that direction already. Because I mean, drum corps like like top six drum corps like the cadets and, and, and like other groups that. Uh, are or at that level tend to um, if they accept people under the age of eighteen, it's generally like uh, unusual circumstances. Like, oh, this kid is like extremely good, so <laughs> uh, we we want to have them here. But then when they have those situations, it's like, okay, we, we need to make sure that this this student is safe, and we need to make sure that this student is taken care of. Um, so, like, really um already the majority of the cadets um that's just my like my experience i'm just talking about the cadets because that's what i know really it's um the vast majority of the drum corps is over the age of 18 um and it's really a group of like i think like 10 to 15 um people who are under the age of 18 and most of them are like 17 and turn 18 over the course of the summer um and so it's it's very much heading in that direction already. Um, just because like you need these special considerations for minors, um, and it's just it's just kind of a logistical challenge in order to be able to deal with that. And it would kind of take some burden off if we just made, if we just said, "Hey, this core is for 18 to 21," and that's just the way it
3: is. <laughs> And you know for you Mason I'm also just curious being like starting in the activity so young what was it like doing that in your summers and then going back to school and participating in marching band at school?
1: It was um it was interesting because um my my high school band was not great um (laughs) just little little like 30 person marching band in middle of nowhere hickville usa um, and <laughs> yeah it was it was definitely interesting going from a world class drum corps and getting back home to um marching band rehearsals i remember i remember like i would get headaches from the marching band rehearsals at home cuz it just like cuz it wasn't in tune <laughs> And so I wasn't used to hearing things that weren't in tune and that it just made my head hurt all the time. I was like, oh God, this sucks. But I had to change my mindset um, from like drum corps, everyone here is on the same page. Like we're all trying to be the best that we could be to marching band. Most of us are just here to vibe. Um, and so it, little, um 16 year old me going back home to drum uh, to, to marching band after spending a season on tour it was a bit of an adjustment period but I I figured it out some people don't figure it out and they get all ah I want this band to be like my drum corps ah, and like a little try hardy but I luckily figured it out I was like okay we're just we're just chill chill vibes it yeah it was definitely like a um had to lower my standards quite a bit but
2: yeah I can't, speak times. To, I can't speak to nearly that extent but I definitely came back from my season and uh had to teach at a I was on what was called student staff at my old university um which was just like they would bring on students to be a part of staff or whatever so I helped work with the drum line and like it's definitely known at like colleges that like if you if you come back like if you go march dci you come back one of two people you either come back as a super chill person like as normal or like the dreaded like you come back and you're just the worst person to be around and like it really does like give a bad rap for a lot of like dci people when like we're like guys like like we had a guy um the, like March Colt Cadets for like three years or whatever, and he was a great he was a great mellophone player. But like he just had that biggest ego about him, and I'm like, dude, this is not the place. I was like, we're just college people, like we're just college kids, like trying to have a fun time right now. Like this is not the place for you to be getting super uptight about everyone's eight to five right now or like how their body carriages and stuff. Because like most of these people are biology or like engineering majors. Like they play they. They play trumpet or they like they march on the drum liner and they're in the color guard this is their hobby this is what gets them away from the monotony of their homework it's like don't make this more homework for them <laughs> don't make it just worse than than it already is because they're like their degrees are hard and stuff like that that's not what they're wanting to do they're here to have a fun time and stuff and so it's definitely quite the adjustment coming back from from something like that
1: yeah i was lucky enough to go to a college that didn't have a marching band um, which was the right choice because it it, it, <laughs> it would have been that same situation, I would have been frustrated, just like uh, I wish we were better, but I'm not gonna do anything about it.
0: <laughs> Didn't have a marching band until now.
1: Until now. They recently started <laughs> one just this year.
2: Marching Dukes, right?
0: Oh, that's that's me. This is um Oh that's that's you. We're we're talking about our uh, um, his undergrad. Undergrad oh. they, just, they just got a marching band this past year. And they're just starting to do it? some cool stuff. One of my friends from JMU is actually the drumline tech over there now for oh, like, nice. grad assistant. So it's really cool. I had nice. two really last kind of quick things. As we got to wrap up soon. It's like two individual questions. So for Braden, I was wondering, how was it coming back from a season and then going right back into te- like master's degree kind of stuff? It's your first year, your master's. It's like really interesting to see how like anything translating over from core to there? Cause I know when I left my bachelor's and I was doing music education and I taught for a semester, I lost all of my chops, all of them, all gone. Bye-bye. It Bye-bye happened chop. so fast. It's so quick. If you don't use it, you lose it, you know? So how's yeah. it like actually being in a really intensive kind of place where you can practice a lot and kind of do that kind of stuff and going right into a master's degree?
2: Um, Well, it was, it definitely worked, panned out super well, because I came back from cadets with, with more chops than I had had prior to even going there, Um, and so it was actually a really big, like, hot topic, but, like, issue between my direct, my percussion director and I, like, he and I talked quite a bit, it's like, do we, do I go to a master's, or do I just go out and teach, because I hadn't quite, like, gotten, like, or I had come to like my decision quite yet on what I wanted to do. Um, and then he had like stuck IU in my head. He was like, I think you should go audition for Indiana. Um, but like, I just rode, like, I kept my, I think for the first like month or so after like I came back, like my practice was very minimal. Like I actually did not touch a board for a while because I was pretty burnt out by the time I got back. Um, and I was like, I just kind of want to chill and vibe for a little bit. Um, but like I when i started practicing i wanted i'd say like the one thing that translated over and is like i'm still fighting to this day like at iu right now is the core mindset as you're playing like which is like it's great to have that perfectionist mindset and like trying to strive to get to the, be the best you be because like in this field it is cutthroat like you have i'm like i thought it was cutthroat and now <clears throat> I'm having friends going out and audition and they're telling me, and it's like, it is very cutthroat. And so you have to be perfect. So like, I don't want to say you have to be perfect, but you got to be pretty dang close to like get a gig or get a position that you want. Um, And so with that core mindset, like you spend three, three months like doing that. And so you're like, Oh, I know how to be perfect now. Like I know how to get to that consistent stage. And it's like, when you get to like, the like the audition side of things with the masters core kind of breaks your chops a little bit as much as it gives you chops like I can play really loud, I lost all my musicality though I lost all my like interpretation, I lost how to play a solo instrument like and I'm not saying that it's like a bad thing whatsoever, but you're just drilled for days on end, just like just hammering notes and like full velocity sound like sound quality as a way of life like just that kind of mindset like everything has to be super clean to now like oh I have to play this like super cool piano piece and like or this piano piece that's like transcribed from marimba and it's like all over the board and it's like I can't sit there and just go like it all over because it doesn't sound good it's like that's not how it's meant to be played and so while like I still had the chops to be able to go and like that's eventually what made my decision I was like well I have the chops now I know that if I go and teach I'm gonna lose them so I might as well just ride this train and just go audition and just see what happens and so just pick up solo that I had already learned or whatever and then go and audition um for for a group um and uh or for a group I should say a studio now still in the DCI mindset um go and audition for like a studio um, but yeah like I'm still like battling to try and find like that musicality and like we're getting there we're getting there bit by bit but it definitely like broke it out of me a little bit that's like one of the negative things that like definitely came from drum chord is that I just kind of lost all my sense of just how to be like a really good solo musician which is like now that now that I'm like really into it now it's just like it is hard it's hard to get that back because you're just drilled constantly on like how to be clean and how to play evenly and stuff like that um but like it was literally and I think that's I got like super burnt out like the first semester I came back because like I didn't I didn't want to practice because I spent three months at DCI um and uh like I spent three months in DCI and then like coming back and now prepping for auditions. Now it's like more music that I have to learn. And I'm just like forcing myself to learn it. Like, it's just like, I don't want to do this right now. Like, like I just kind of want to be done with everything that's going on. And so like to get yourself back into that mindset again, of just like every minute detail needs to be like worked out and stuff. Like it was definitely very like draining mentally, but, but I definitely like, it definitely worked out and it definitely was like it was a like a solid choice and like it it was for the better like that semester sucked so that like I could be in a much better position now like I forced my way through like a crappy semester so that I could get to the point where I am now where like I'm I'm having a great time and like being in a master's still very hard master's degree is still very difficult but like as as you could probably know tell (laughs) um like it's very difficult, but like I am in a much happier place right now where I'm at than uh, than I was at K State. Not saying anything bad about K State. I absolutely loved my time there. Absolutely loved the five years that I put into that university. Um, but like there were definitely times where it was really it was really tough, and it was just like always trying to get to that final goal.
3: Yeah. Um. I just wanted to jump in really quick and say, I mean, I didn't come from like a drum corps level, but doing like Texas marching band for four years, being in front of an ensemble and then going to college and my professor being like, you don't have to play like that. Like stop, you don't have to do that. It doesn't have to be that technical. You can relax, you can be expressive. And I really found myself my first year, I mean, first of all, having not unlearning what I did, but like learning a different way of playing in a different technique. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, you know, oh, yeah. and, getting oh, used yeah. to it. and then also I found myself also feeling burnt out on playing keyboards. I was like, I'm tired of playing marimba. I'm tired of doing this. And my freshman year, I actually had like a struggle where I felt like I hit a wall and I could not get through a solo. Like I would learn half of it and be like, okay, like that's, you know, and it was it was very hard. Um, So I definitely feel your pain there. It is, it's very interesting.
2: It is like a whole new like way to play. It's like I can play soft now. Like I don't have to like, like beat the snot out of my board anymore. Like I can sit there and like, have surface level playing is like what I call a little bit when I'm talking to like when I'm talking to front ensembles like I can just sit there and just chill like I don't have to be rammy all the time like like mind blown all of a sudden
0: oh man that's awesome thanks for sharing that I know I never did drum corps kind of stuff I don't I marched like quads in high school you know that kind Mm -hmm. of idea so it's just neat to hear that perspective I had one more quick thing from you mentioned you are now teching over at Cadets. You work you work for the visual staff. How's the transition from like member to staff kind of affected your approach to the core? It's um
1: it's definitely interesting. Um because I in a normal situation, most of the time, like a drum corps won't hire someone the year after they age out. Uh, it's it's kind of a special case situation. Um and that's that's for good reason because i like the weird thing about it was I was teaching people I was marching with the year before. Um, And so I had to kind of like put up some boundaries with those people and be like, Hey, I know we, I know we were, we were chums uh, last season. We could still be that way, but like, there's gotta be a level of professionalism. Um, So that was an adjustment, but like, I didn't have any problems with it uh, for the whole season, but Um, The biggest adjustment I would have to say is that um, it's it's so like drum corps as a member is very physically draining, like, obviously, you're out there you're taking 30,000 steps a day, you're burning six, 7000 calories. It's just very physically taxing from the staff side. We're not doing all that running around, but it's very mentally taxing. Um, like I found, I was way more tired as a staff member than I ever was as a like marching member. Um, like every like every brass block, because I wasn't needed during brass block when they were standing still, warming up in the circle. So I would I would go inside take a nap because I was like, oh, I'm beat. Um, It, uh, it's definitely a very interesting switch because it's, it's way more like uh, just thinking way more as, as a member, you just do like you just, it's muscle memory. You're just doing exactly what the staff tells you to do. You don't have to think about it as a staff member. You're constantly assessing, you're constantly looking. You're like, okay, I, I see that like this group of people is doing this thing wrong. How do I fix that? in a way that is constructive to them and like doesn't make them feel like i'm yelling at them and all that fun stuff um it's definitely a very interesting switch and also um as as like a like a marching member of the drum corps a lot of times you're more worried about yourself than anything else it's like oh how like how can i get better how can i do this thing better um or even like more selfish things. I'm really hungry, when is lunch? Stuff like that. As a staff member, I'm like, I'm not really ever thinking about myself. I'm thinking like, how do I set these members up for success? How do I teach this in a way that will make it make sense to them? And how do I teach these? Like a lot of, one of the biggest things that I've been trying to figure out lately as an instructor is how to teach students how to think about things in the way that I want them to think about it because that's a very it's a very meta thing to think about um think so like because a lot of the times I, I like even at cadets I would just be like I would teach a concept. I would give them all the information that is required of them, like everything they need to be successful, but they still wouldn't do it. And so I've like been, it's strategizing. There's a lot more strategizing. I'm thinking how do I teach them how to think about this so that they can actually do it and achieve it at a high level and do simultaneous responsibilities and simultaneous responsibilities over long phrases and just thinking about things in a way that will set them up for success and like kind of molding their brains. I'm getting better at it. I've been experimenting a lot with my high schools Um, and that's, that's another thing as a staff member. It's a lot of like you go home, you work with your high school groups, you experiment. You're like, okay, what works here? What doesn't work here? And then you take that to the core and you're like, okay, this is what I learned over the fall season and here Let let me throw it at these um, much higher level achieving students and older students and more mature students. It's like, throw this to them and see what they do with it. Um, It's very much like a trial and error process. And it's, I have to be a lot more okay with failing as a staff member. Like as a member, it was like, oh, my steps were too big there let me fix that. I'll just fix it the next rep. It's like, it's a lot harder to get better at teaching than it is to get better at doing. (laughs) Yeah,
3: that's really the thing about teaching though. It's, and I think that's what makes it so exhausting is just like, they're not understanding this concept when i explain it this way or this way or this way so now i need to go back to the drawing board and i need to think of a different way of presenting information and mm-hmm. just like it's always like as a teacher it's such a bad feeling when you like present something and you just get like the blank stares and they're like i have no idea what you're talking about and it's like okay <laughs> like back to the drawing board got to figure out another way so yeah absolutely the
1: blank stare is my worst enemy but uh. <laughs> And if you get it so often in high school, like say something and like say, do you understand? They're like,
2: oh, (laughs) like, oh, okay.
1: Back to the, back to square one.
2: (laughs) My favorite thing is when you say that and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you watch them that next rep and they don't do it. And it's like, dude, like I literally I literally just told you to do that. Like, and you just, you said you had it and then you didn't do it, like what?
3: (laughs) Right, exactly. And then it's like, I thought you said you understood, and then they're like, No, we're confused. And it's like, why did you say <laughs> well, you understood? tell me that <laughs> <man>. Exactly.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well yeah, this has been fantastic to have you guys on. Are there any kind of final thoughts from anybody? If anyone wants to chime in, say some last words, you know, good March Cadets, whatever you want to say. <laughs> March forward.
1: Definitely go do it. Yeah. Just, just, yeah, just march drum corps. Like, it doesn't have to be the cadets. I mean, we only have so many spots. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But hey, big things are happening at the cadets. So if you want to, we jumped three places last season.
2: I know DCI has been, like, doing the, like, fill the core type thing. I really hope they continue to do that, like, in the coming years where they, like, post, like, all the different cores that, like, still need members and stuff like that. I think that was a really good idea for them. It's, like, definitely, like, keep up with, like, things like that and, like, talk to, like, your local directors and talk to, like, people who have, like, march core. Like, every single one of us, like, is a resource to, like, help you guys get to where you want to be. Like no drum cord person's gonna be like, oh, I did it and I don't want you to do it because I want it to be special to me. Like, no, like we all want people to experience this great thing. And so like definitely like go up to people and like ask them questions and like, say like, hey, do you have any, can you like watch me? Or like, you have any pointers on like things that I need to know? And like most of the time they'll have like some insider like trade secret or something that like they know that's like, hey, they like to look for this. And it's like, definitely like make sure you're on top of this and stuff like that. It's like help you get to that position
1: yep then don't be afraid to march a
2: small drum corps
0: yeah i think the biggest thing i took away from this just listening is you all got to start somewhere you know so that's just such a good mindset to have and it's been awesome to kind of pick your all's brains about this topic i don't know 100 about so thanks again for coming on this has been tam's Progression podcast stay grooving folks we'll see you next time peace out <laughs>